Welcome to NSN Daily. Shannon Kelly, I'm Brian Samudio, Anthony Resnick, uh, running things behind the scenes. And ladies and gentlemen, I got to start off with a home run hitter. <laughs> uh, our former intern and very good friend, James Butler, joining <laughs> us from the Windy City, his hometown of Chicago. Uh, James, uh, show me the background here first. I see the Wolfpack jersey. Wolfpack jersey. This, this is from a Wolfpack alum, Kyle LeBron. He, he made that for me. Very nice. I got my Roughneck jersey. Houston Roughnecks of the XFL uh, last year. James, how you been, man? I mean, we got some breaking news to talk about. I'll get to that in two seconds, but how you been? I've been good. You know what I'm saying? Definitely uh, quarantine has definitely, you know, obviously switched everyone's life. So I've kind of like also dug into new endeavors. I feel like being kind of cooped up, everyone's kind of realized what else they can do instead of just, you know, their job or, or their interests. So I've kind of started to build some new hobbies, so to speak. I want to talk about all the stuff that you're getting, content creation and social media. But first, you've got some breaking news, man. You worked in a newsroom. I'm not going to steal your thunder, but uh, <laughs> uh, you're joining your your buddy uh, D. Jax north of the border. Yes, sir. I'm I'm going I'm going north of the border. I signed with the with the BC Lions. What was the attraction there to go to to play in the Canadian Football League? Man, I just uh, I think it's it's a great opportunity. You know what I'm saying? Uh, and I really love Vancouver. I don't know if you guys know, but my roommate was Malcolm Lee. He was from Vancouver. So I've been there a couple of times. I love the city of Vancouver. And um, I've always kind of wanted to get that rust off the last time I had in, in the CFL, kind of like last time I was there. I still got like, you know, bad nightmares from the time I was there. And then, you know, talking to guys like Don, you know, some a couple of my other friends who, who went up there and played and doing their thing. I think it's just a great opportunity. Yeah, I mean, just how much does this opportunity mean for you to be able to get another shot in the CFL pretty soon here? Exactly. It's, it's, it's a great opportunity, you know, to be able to play, you know, this year. That, that's been the biggest goal. And just wherever I just get the best opportunity to go be able to play and, and, and be a difference maker is, is really important. What does that mean to you, man, to be able to keep the uniform on? I mean, that, that's yeah. the thing for athletes that sometimes you don't know the last time you're going to put the helmet on or pick up a bat or put on some cleats or to lace up the sneakers. What does that mean to you? You know you're going to play again. It, mean, it means a lot. It means the world to me because, you know, it, it's it's, def, it's it's a privilege to, to be able to put that uniform on and the helmet on to, you know, to go out and play a game for for a job and, you know, and be in front of all those fans and stuff like that. It's, it's amazing just to be able to continue to chase that dream. I tell people all the time, like, I kind of feel like I've been like ducking and dodging, you know, the real world for, for a couple of years now. And I'm just going to keep ducking and dodging until, you know, someone tells me to, to stop. So it's, it's been amazing. And just being around different guys who are also players and athletes and seeing like how just they're just, they look up to me of, of what all of I've done. You know, me personally, obviously it's like, ah, I can do so much more, but just, you know, other guys and seeing like they, you know, they wish they can be signed, you know, with a Canada team or go to XFL or, or you know, be in the NFL. So just being able to, to play for those guys and just how important it is to, to continue to chase this dream as long as I possibly can. Yeah, no, that's awesome. And hopefully CFL will get going soon. I know they're slated to get going after having to cancel last year, but just, I mean, what did your time mean to you in the XFL with Houston? You know, you were able to play a little bit before COVID shut things down. I think, so I always can, whenever anybody asks me about Houston, I get like the biggest smile on my face because the XFL was like the most fun I've had playing, I say, since like my, like probably my sophomore year in Nevada. It's like been like, it was the most fun time I've had like playing. I love the city of Houston. You know, the I think the XFL did a great job, you know, taking care of their players. And then I'm excited for, you know, The Rock to bring that back. I think he's going to do a great job. You know, him and his, um, him, I think, I think it's, her name is Danny Garcia. I think she's going to do a great job as, you know, first, you know, female owner of a, of a league. I think that's amazing. 
But um, XFL is amazing. I think it's going to be great. I think it's a great opportunity for, for you know, guys like me who who didn't have the best shot or, or you know, those, you know, kind of on the cusp guys who kind of can get in, but, you know, don't really know. But you, as you can see, like a lot of my teammates or, or guys in XFL have done their thing in the league and, and doing great things right now. So that's amazing. I'm rooting for those guys. Former Wolfpack running back James Butler joining us here on the show. Uh, yeah, I actually went on to the uh, Roughnecks Red uh, website. You can still buy gear, so I may have to pick up some, pick up a hoodie or something like that. Uh, James, you've been busy away from it. You're one of those guys that you always seem to have your hands all over the place and doing stuff. <laughs> now you're, you, you started a podcast, Kicking It With JB. Uh, tell me about the podcast and how can people listen to it? Man, so I started this podcast because I feel like for so long I've been this football player and I've always wanted to kind of come out of the helmet. Because we've talked to you, like I said, I've been your intern. I've always wanted to be in the broadcasting, you know. And then, um, so, you know, a bunch of people said, you start a podcast, you start a podcast. So I've always wanted to, but it's like my first actual opportunity. You know, I have so much time in your hands, quarantine, you know, you know, COVID and all that. But um, so kicking in with JB is really just me having as many extraordinary conversations with, uh, just great people as I possibly can about a bunch of different variety of topics. You know, obviously I could have just made a sports podcast and done that, but I kind of wanted to make it more than just a sports podcast. I wanted to, you know, hopefully help and serve someone. You know, that's been my biggest goal to try to find my purpose outside of the game of football. But uh, you can listen to the podcast. It's on YouTube under Kicking It With JB. It's on the Apple and Spotify podcast under Kicking It With JB. You know, we'll be, uh, I'll be premiering episodes every Wednesday. So where do you, you know, see yourself continuing with this podcast? Is there any certain guests you want to have on? Just what's, what's it been like for you so far? Yeah. There, there's definitely, a, there's a bunch of guests I want to have on. So I, I have a couple that, that are in line right now, but there's definitely a couple of people that I have in, in my mind. You know what I'm saying? I definitely want like, you know, former coaches. I actually talked to, you know, Coach Pauline. He said he'd be down to get on there. You know, guys like Asani, you know, who are GA and going from different places. I want him on there. You know what I'm saying? Just, and then also, you know, I have formed teammates who are police officers. You know, I want them on there. You know, I want guys who are, you know, therapists. I want them on there. You know, just a, a bunch of different. I have, a, I have a real estate agent on there. I have guys who are into Bitcoin. You know what I'm saying? I have uh, uh, one of my friends who's really big into mental health on there. So it's just a, a variety of topics. I want to hopefully hit as many different people as I possibly can just to pick their brain. And, you know, hopefully someone can take something out of each episode. James, we've got about 30 seconds left in the segment. I got to ask you about TikTok, man. Huh. I, I'm not a TikTok guy, but I've seen it on Twitter. What was that? What's the, That's a different world. That is a whole different world. And I feel like everyone on TikTok is below the age of 15. So it's kind of a little weird being old, but nah. So I just think TikTok is a fun way to just be funny and just give people more content. I think content creation is really big in this day and age. So it's amazing. James, I know you're going to use the platform to do great things and, and really touch on topics that people need to talk about in a time where we need to talk and we need to listen. James, I appreciate your time. Kicking it with JB. That's what you need to do. James Butler. Appreciate it, man. Thank Great. you. We'll be right back with much more here on NSN Daily right after this. NSN Daily rolling along. Uh, if you haven't seen it down South Reno ice, uh, the facility is up. It's running. It is beautiful. Um, Chris, uh, you've been getting inquiries from folks that instantly once something up like that goes up, they want to go, Hey, where's our hockey team? Do you think this opens the door for minor league hockey to come back to Northern Nevada? And trust me, I got memories of the Reno Rage, the Reno Renegades, the Reno Gades, they changed the fish guy, throwing the fish out of the water. Trout man is what we called him. What do you think? 
Yeah, I mean, they played minor league hockey in Reno from 1995 to 1998 at the Reno Sparks Convention Center, uh, either as the Renegade or the Rage haven't uh, played minor league hockey here since. I, I think it clears a hurdle. I don't think it, it pushes uh, Northern Nevada that much closer to having a minor league hockey team, um, but it gives them a practice facility. They can't actually play games there. There's only about room for, you know, five, 600 people in the stands, which isn't large enough uh, to support a minor league team. But that would be a place where they'd be able to practice every single day. And then you would just need to renovate the Reno Event Center to be the game atmosphere. Um, now you're looking at probably somewhere between six and seven million dollars to be able to do that renovation at Reno Event Center, which has not had a primary tenant since the Reno, uh, Reno Bighorns left uh, in 2018 as the G League team. So um, the RSCVA doesn't seem all that thrilled with hosting uh, a minor league team in Reno Event Center, at least the last time I spoke with them, which was a couple of years ago. Um, so it, someone's going to have to come up with that renovation money. I don't think it's going to be the city of Reno. I don't think it, given the current economic uh, situation with COVID that they're going to say, you know, here's seven, eight million dollars. Let's have a hockey team. So if there is a, a different investor who's willing to kind of partner, maybe um, I would guess that we don't see a minor league hockey team in the next decade. But this is definitely a step in the right direction, um, you know, and there's going to be a lot of steps left to be able to bring that to fruition. Shannon, I've got two questions for you. How cool would it be to cover a minor league hockey team? You haven't been able to do that in, in your career. And two, when are you writing the check for eight million dollars for us? We can do it. <laughs> Uh, to answer your first question, that would be awesome. I've really gotten more into the sport of hockey, obviously being from Vegas and with the Golden Knights forming there, um, really followed the sport more since then. So I would love to cover a minor league hockey team. And I think it's something that people would be interested in and people would go to the games. I mean, just growing up in Vegas, going to the Las Vegas Wranglers games, people would go to those. People would love going to those. Those were fun. You would sit down at the end of the, you know, down by the glass and the players were just, you know, going up against each other down there. So, I mean, it was a really fun environment. So I would love to cover the games if they were there. And to answer your second question, unfortunately, I do not have that money to just cut the check right away. Um, that would be a really tough one. Obviously, I would love to do that, but I don't think... Uh, Maybe tomorrow. Not for Maybe me. next week. Maybe in a couple of paychecks. Yeah. Now, Chris, it, it, we've got about a minute left in the segment. Minor league hockey, like minor league baseball, they're always... There's there's sticks. There are gimmicks to get people to the game. Trout man would throw trout under the ice, and I heard he always had another ticket and more fish so they could get back in, even when he was thrown out after the first time he threw it on the ice when when the Renegades or the Rage would score. Uh, Team Russia came and played at the Reno of Sparks Convention Center, and there was a big brawl. One of Reno's best players had his ear almost bitten off. Uh, Manon Rayon, the first professional women's hockey player to play for the Tampa Bay Lightning. She was a goalie and uh, she was, she played for, for Reno. It's, it's getting butts in the seats, right? Yeah. I mean, the estimation would be they'd have to have at least 3000 fans per game to be able to break even. Uh, that was as of a couple of years ago when things were a little bit hotter, you haven't heard much about Reno hockey uh, of late. So, um, you know, that's roughly what the Reno 1868, uh, you know, soccer team did. So I think it would be doable. I think it would be great in year one is could you sustain it? for a long time, which Reno has had a, an issue with with minor league sports, but I'd love to see it as well. I mean, the community is so much bigger than in the 90s when the first hockey teams were here. I think it would be a success, but it is gonna take that initial investment that at this point, nobody is willing to step up and make. Heck with all the snow on the ground, they could get, they could build a rink at McQueen High School. That's just down the street from me. Uh, we'll have much more coming up here on NSN Daily as Rail City Todd joins up with some, some of his picks and some of the specials going on over at Rail City. That's next. The following segment is sponsored by Rail City Ale House. 
Well, it is Thursday, and that means uh, Rail City Todd joining us here. Follow him on Twitter at Rail City Todd, and you can get a lot of insights what's going on at Rail City Casino and, of course, the Rail City Ale House. Todd, how are you, man? What an exciting championship weekend. I'm doing really good. Yeah, that was amazing. Uh, the Bucks surprised me again. Tom Brady just comes through. Even though he, he has a tough game, he still comes through, and they win, and it's kind of just one of those things. You watch the celebration, and it was nice to see that he almost took no credit for it. He handed it right off. And I like to see that humbleness coming through towards the end of his career. Well, when you throw the ball to the other team a few times, you probably need to be crediting other people. But uh, hey, it was tough. And, and I want Chris to be able to extend on this a little bit. It's just tough to see Aaron Rodgers go out like that in a championship game. He deserves, whether you're a Packers fan or not, I have not. I've not had great interactions with him at the Celebrity Golf Tournament. But I respect the man as an athlete enough to say he deserved to play in more Super Bowls than he has. Yeah, and I mean, he's not done yet. He's still at 37. Uh, and if he, you know, can follow uh, Brady's kind of path, maybe he's playing this kind of level of ball four years down the road. But, um, you know, this was just a great opportunity for him. And, you know, it just like so many great opportunities for him. He still hasn't been able to get the very many Super Bowls outside of the one that he won almost a decade ago. The crazy thing to me is you look at Tom Brady. He has more Super Bowl appearances than Dan Marino, Peyton Manning, Drew Brees, Aaron Rodgers, Brett Favre, and Phillip Rivers combined. Like, what he's done is so incredible uh, and it will never, never be replicated before. I mean, this is a sport uh, and league that's built on parity and making sure that your window closes uh, just as quickly as it opens. But for Tom Brady, that hasn't been the case. And um, you know, whether you're a, a Tom Brady fan or not, I mean, you have to respect what he's been able to do in 19 years, healthy years in the NFL has been to 14 conference championships and 10 Super Bowls. So every other Super Bowl during his career, he played in, and that's insane. Todd, I want your opinion on this to start the season off. There were all these memes going around where you saw Brady on the sideline doing this and they put like, what did I do? Why did I leave Belichick? And I, I think it just took time for this team to kind of gel together and get to know Tom. I mean, and, and respect the fact that he's yelling at you, but he's yelling at you because it, he's probably right because you ran the wrong route. You didn't block a uh, chip block a running back and it put pressure on him. Uh, granted, he didn't have his best day, but he, but he won on Sunday uh, over the week on Sunday, but, you know, do you think it was this team finally realizing and kind of adjusting to having a Tom Brady on their squad? Yeah, I do. And I think one of the interesting statements I saw on the weekend was they talked about him kind of coaching throughout the process, right? And so when you have someone with that experience, it takes time to build the rapport to be able to coach somebody. Uh, it's just a leadership thing, right? You got to build respect and confidence with the players and then they'll start to take the input. So I think it took a little while through the season for Tom Brady to build that rapport obviously coming in Super Bowl champion from the Patriots, one of the best organizations ever, right? So I think it took a little bit for people to get to know him, him to build a relationship. I'm guessing he did more work on it than they did based upon the way they responded towards the end there. All right, let's talk about this matchup. I've seen the meme around on social media. I think it's perfect. On one side, you've got Yoda. One side, you've got baby Yoda. And uh, of course, talking about Patrick Mahomes going head to head with Tom Brady. Uh, Todd, did I see this right? Chiefs minus three, that's it? Take yes. my money. <laughs> yeah, Chiefs minus three. And actually, uh, the Bucks at plus 145 to win is not all, all that bad either, if you yeah. look at it that way at home, right? I, I just don't know what this home Super Bowl piece is going to mean to them. I don't know how many fans they have, but obviously some of them will be from there, right? Chris, what, isn't it like 7,500 healthcare workers are the ones that are being invited to this? That's not, I don't know. I mean, I don't know how much of a home field advantage that is. I mean, if you're talking about KC where, you know, you've got 17,000 or however many thousand they allowed in 
that sound like 70,000. Uh, you know, yeah. Not to me as a home field advantage, Chris, but uh, when you first saw this line, did you bet Dominic's college fund on the Chiefs? I mean, I'm leaning Chiefs heavily, although these two teams did play earlier this season in this exact stadium and the Chiefs only won by three. So, uh, you know, who knows if it's going to be a repeat of that, but we do have some previous experience with these teams in the stadium and that was the end result. Um, I think there's going to be 22,000 people allowed and the 7,500 that you mentioned are all local uh, health care workers. So I would imagine they're rooting for the Bucks. I mean, back to that Chiefs-Bills game, I don't know if they were piping in noise, but the crowd seemed extra, extra loud. Josh Allen was trying to make these audibles all the time and it wasn't going very well. And then you look at the Packers game and they had a crowd as well, but it wasn't as loud. So I'm, I'm not sure that it'll have a huge impact, but yeah, I mean, I'm definitely a huge lean for the chiefs. I think the chiefs are by far the best team in the NFL. Uh, I think they're going to come out and win this game by more than three points. You look to that first matchup, Patrick Mahomes throws for 462 yards and three touchdowns. Tyreek Hill had more than 200 yards receiving. The big thing was Tampa Bay only had one sack in that game. And I think if Tampa Bay is going to win this game, that front four, which is very good with Ndamukong Sue and Jason Pierre-Paul and Vita Vea uh, and Shaquille Barrett, those guys are going to have to get a much better pass rush in this game than they did in the first game. They had great success doing that against Aaron Rodgers. They're going to have to do that against Patrick Mahomes, who is still dealing with a toe injury. Now he's got two weeks off, but I don't think he's going to be quite 100% in terms of his mobility. So I see a path to the Bucs winning. I'm not picking that path, though. I, I think the Chiefs are actually going to win by double digits. So I haven't made any bets up to this point, but I probably should get my money in before the line changes too much. I'm more along the lines of that, of, of Chiefs winning this one by, by double figures. Todd, why do you think the, book, the odds makers put, put the line at three? I, I think it's the Brady factor. I really do. I think some way he just finds some way to win it, and I think they're just kind of hesitant about that. Um, I thought the plus 45, would, plus 145 for them to win would actually be higher right now. So that kind of gives me an indication that maybe they're a little hesitant. I think that might even come down depending upon where the money goes. Is this like Christmas, two weeks before Christmas for people in a sports book, Todd? You're always just so many things coming out. And next week we're going to get with you again, but we're going to talk about the prop bets because the prop bets aren't out yet. Okay, who's going to score more points? Is it going to be the kicker? Is it going to be the point guard for the Timberwolves? You know, that sort of stuff always I mean, you can bet on anything. You can bet on the coin toss. You can bet on so many things. That's a lot of fun. We'll get into that next week. But this has to feel like Christmas for you guys at a sports book. Absolutely. We can, we can get almost anything out there from a line standpoint. This weekend, I saw a kind of a crazy prop bet for um, the first uh, points in the Bills game to be a field goal and for the Bills to score first. And I hit them both. And of course, they come out, get the ball. They kick the field goal. I'm like, great. That's probably the only bet I'll win because I was on the Bills. And obviously, that didn't go so well. But uh, that one on that game kind of saved me because I just threw it out there thinking it might happen. Chris, uh, the over-under is 56 and a half. Are, are you nipping at that at all? I mean, that seems like a good line. Um, you know, I'll, I would probably go under. I think if you think the Bucs are going to win, you go over. So if you're looking for a parlay and you're going Bucks either money line or you're going for them uh, with the three and a half points, uh, I think you go over because I, I just think I don't know how you keep the Chiefs under like 25 points. I don't think it's actually possible unless there's like some crazy injury. So um, I think it's going to go over if you like the Bucks. I like the Chiefs, so I'd probably go under uh, on a parlay bet on that one. But um, it, it's a good line. I mean, that's basically right where I would have put it. So I don't have like a heavy lean one way or the other. Todd, your thoughts there? Uh, yeah, I like the over actually. I, I almost feel like it's going to be a shootout and come down to who has the ball last. I almost feel like it's going to be one of those games that we've seen in the past. If Mahomes has it last, they're going to win, right? Um, I think it's going to come down to that. I just want to see an entertaining Super Bowl. 
You know, I think Chris and I differ when it comes to what's entertaining in a Super Bowl. There was a defensive Super Bowl, uh, and I was excited because I like defense. And Chris was like, they didn't do anything. And I'm like, okay, okay, fine. I mean, my gray is really starting to show. (laughs) If I like to, you know, a a black and blue sort of rock fight Super Bowl. But uh, that's where we are. We have have two of the best quarterbacks in the league, one of the greatest, if not the greatest ever, and a lot of weapons all over the place, especially on one side of the ball. Tyreek Hill, I think, is going to go nuts in this game. But, uh, Todd, what's going on this weekend? You guys were selling pizzas again last weekend. Sneaking shrimp. What's going on this weekend? So this weekend, I just thought I'd share with you, by the way, the Tom special is now called the NSN special. If you drive <laughs> past our sign, it is now the NSN pizza special. So you guys own the $5 pizza special. Um, and we're doing that Friday, Saturday, Sunday again, as always. Um, Friday, again, steak and endless shrimp. Um, it's going really well. We did a bunch on Friday. Saturday, we we're doing steak and crab again. It's a half pound of crab legs. And um, we didn't do as many as we thought we would last weekend. So we're hoping that this Saturday more people come out for it. It's a great deal at $19.99. It's just, uh, it's really good. And then we have something brand new this Sunday. Um, We've actually been testing some soft shell crab and we got it in from San Francisco and it came out much better than we thought. It's already tempura battered. So we're doing a soft shell crab po' boy. Um, I don't know if you've had po' boys before, but they're pretty damn good. And and so uh, we're going to pair that with a revision draft beer. Um, oh. Any of the three that we have for $7.99 on Sunday only. Um, this well, is a well, test for us. You can get a soft shelled crab po' boy and a, and a revision. And fries. And fries yes. for $7.99. Yes. How are you guys in business? <laughs> so <laughs> that's, we got that. Plus, we got this gift that it's bigger even than last week. So I kind of have a hard time showing it. Oh, But it's a seven piece cookware set for Saturday. So come in earn 750 points, get it, or if you're a casino customer, you get it for free. Um, and then the last thing always, the Pride Passion Fund. We have a lady that works with us in HR. Her name is Rosa. She's literally the first one everybody meets. She welcomes them in, really shows the Pride Passion Fund. And then we get stretched a little thin from time to time for team members here, so she always jumps in. We've been running Bingo Sunday and Tuesday in the old cafe, and she'll actually go down and run Bingo for us because she used to work in the casino, and she's like, yep, I'll gladly do it and just catch up on my HR work afterwards. So Rosa does a great job for us living the Pride Passion Fund of the Real City Way. See, Rosa is an OKG, our kind of guy, our kind of gal. I mean, a utility infielder, step up and do whatever you need. Look what I did with Chris. I'm t- Welcome back into NSN Daily. Shannon Kelly and Chris Murray now joined with Nevada track and field standout Nicola Adair. Nicola, it's been, gosh, probably about a year or so since you competed. You just finally got to compete again uh, for the indoor season. Just what was it like to get back out there in Colorado last weekend? It was actually really exciting um, just to be back on the track, to be in the uniform. We had a little photo shoot. Um, the day before we traveled and it just felt great um, just to see a lot of faces again like a lot of friends there um, I had high expectations and I unfortunately couldn't quite uh, fulfill my goals but um, there are a lot of things that went well um, the results didn't didn't end up being quite as I wanted but um, I have another four or five weeks until the next competition and I'm confident that until then my technique is on point and that results are going to be better. 
I know the uh, NSN fans are already big fans of you, uh, you know, from your athletic accomplishments over the years, your All-American honors. But, you know, one of the reasons we wanted to have you on is because what you're kind of doing away from the track. Uh, so you joined the Reno Burrito Project and really helping a lot of, um, you know, uh, homeless people and just disproportionate people in our community. Just tell everybody a little bit about the Reno Burrito Project and how you got involved. Uh, the Reno Burrito Project is obviously a community project here in Reno. And um, it got started in April by one of my friends. And uh, since I wasn't able to travel back home to Germany over summer break because of quarantine and um, the whole pandemic, I ended up joining like two months into the project, um, started getting more and more involved in that project and um, started helping rolling and handing out and this project grew over the last couple of months uh, quite a lot and we received a lot of support from the Reno community already and we're just so thankful. Basically what the Reno Burrito project involves is um, we use our donations to buy ingredients um, and we start rolling or cooking and rolling uh, burritos and in the meanwhile we have about 300 to 340 burritos every Sunday that we actually roll and hand out to the houseless people uh, downtown. Um, furthermore, we also like buy water and uh, try to create some hygiene kits from time to time, um, as well as we also accept uh, clothing donations. So over time, it just has involved to this like amazing project. And I'm just so thankful for, like I said, all the all the resources that we have in the meanwhile and all the support that uh, people from the community give us. Wow, 300 burritos, 300 plus burritos. That's a lot. Do your hands hurt after? I mean. So we have a lot of supporters. Um, we have a lot of volunteers and um, I'm just so grateful for that. It's always fun to have new people and you just like show them how to do it. And they're always like excited about it and they love it. And um, it's, like while you roll you don't necessarily like just focus on rolling like over time you don't even have to pay attention you just do it and you just have the best conversations while you do that and you get to know the new volunteers and you get to know their stories their names and uh, how they hear about our project and um, it's just it's just a good group of people who all want to help and um, one way or the other and it's just like always exciting always super fun and um, yeah, if anyone has questions, obviously just reach out to us. We have an Instagram page, Twitter page and Facebook page. Um, so just go ahead and ask whatever question you might have. Yeah, and in addition to the food, I mean, you guys are, like you said, you're giving out clothes, you're giving out blankets, even like feminine, uh, feminine hygiene, uh, you know, stuff as well, um, you know, trying to help these people as much as possible get back on their feet. Um, what does it mean to you to be able to make an impact on the community, you know, kind of your adopted community after coming here from Germany? Um, you know, how does it make you feel to be able to give back and donate and just meet some of these people and, you know, give them kind of somebody to, you know, understand that, that we do care about them, even though, you know, they might be uh, homeless at the current moment. It is definitely my highlight of the week. Um, it means a lot to me. Um, I've been involved since, like I said, probably over, over a half a year now. And um, the biggest impact, or let me repeat that, um, it is just so nice to have a purpose, you know, and everybody is striving to have a purpose and having this purpose in the community just means a lot to me. And um, 
it really just, how can I say that? I'm so sorry. Um, just having the opportunity to help people on the streets through that project is just like an amazing feeling. And um, we obviously don't do that to just post pictures online and be like, oh, we're so great. You know, it's like the most important thing to us is to actually head downtown, get to know their names, their stories and see what we can do for them. Um, obviously, we also post online because we need that support, that financial support or those clothing donations or whatever it is, you know. Um, but it is a project that really brings people together. It brings not only a lot of different kinds of volunteers together, like it's not just like just college students. It's not just only people from the community. It's not only 21 year olds. It's not only like older people, you know, it's like everybody does it like his part. And I think that's the, the nice part about this, um, that we're just like one community and one pack as you use my little hashtag on Twitter. And um, that is just like such a thing that like comes from my heart and like comes from the heart of like our founder Blaze. Um, Blaze is someone who founded it. And um, he, in the beginning, he didn't expect it to be, uh, become such a big um, project, but he was just like going with the flow just did what he can. Um, so like every day what what we have and what we can do with the resources we have. And it's just involved in something amazing. And when you look at this, you know, you said as an opportunity, I mean, if you were still competing full-time with track and full-time with school, if the pandemic didn't hit, maybe you wouldn't have had as much time to donate to this. I mean, how great does it feel that despite everything that's been going on and not being able to compete as much as you obviously would have liked to, you're able to still do something else and get your mind, you know, away from track, but still doing something that you love. Um, I must really say the pandemic helped in a way because people um, were actually able to make more room and time in their schedule to um, actually go with us on the streets and um, hand out, go downtown, spend the time to, to be involved. And um, I definitely feel the same way. It's like on one side, school was still online. So I always made sure that I just get all the schoolwork done before Sundays, just that I have a clear mind that I don't have to worry about anything while I'm like actually talking to people. And um, I would say now, since everything is kind of going back, hopefully to normal soon, like I started competing again. So I need to make sure that I'll, I'll get enough rest um, before heading downtown again. You know, it's like last last Sunday, we flew out to back to Reno um, and arrived like around noon. And then I had an hour at home and I was like, okay, time for burrito project. And we went downtown again. And it's like, it's a long day, but you know why you're doing it and you have this purpose. And that is just like something that drives me and that drives so many other people as well. Um, just making time in your schedule for this project because it's important and um at one point people just have to set priorities and that's my priority that's awesome. yeah, the homeless issue is obviously something that reno has grappled with for a long time i know the eddie house opened up a new facility not too long ago for youth homeless um some of the covid funds that northern nevada and reno got are going to a new nevada cares campus which is a homeless center that's 17 million dollar project 
right off the spaghetti bowl. Uh, I'm just curious, I mean, growing up in Germany, was that something that you saw a lot of was homelessness? Or is that something when you came to Nevada, you were like, you know, what, what is this? Why are people kind of, you know, outcasts to some degree and, and kind of just on their own, not getting that kind of help that they need to get back on their feet? Um, growing up in a little town, um, in my town, we didn't have homeless people. We owned like 1,200 people there. Um, but in bigger cities, obviously see some homeless people as well. Um, the problem here is probably that people don't necessarily receive the support they need. Um, in Germany, like our social system is pretty solid. And um, so it helps you if you're a German citizen, there are enough resources that give you a roof over your head that make sure that you have food on your plate. And if you have, let's say children, like if they want to join a club team, it's taken care of, you know, so it also helps your fa like a family itself to um, have their children join social and like be in social environments where they can grow um, as, as much as anyone else as well. And um, here seeing youth on the streets just breaks my heart because um, you just come to the realization that not everybody has the same chance here. Um, people are more individuals um, and more on by themselves, um, which is sad and they don't necessarily receive the support, um, especially when they're coming from, from poorer neighborhoods or um, maybe not a super strong socioeconomic environment in general. Um, it's just really hard for them. No, this is awesome what you're doing to help the community. I think this is great that you're able to still, you know, compete and go to school and you're putting aside time for this. Um, but before we let you go, just, you know, getting back onto the track, you know, you said it wasn't your best performance out there. What's your mindset now heading into next month for the Indoor Mountain West Championships? Basically, I just try to focus on the positive things. There, there were promising things going on last uh, weekend, and I just hold on to it. I know what I have to improve, and I know that I have enough time until my next meet. And um, I'm just staying positive. Um, I try to look less, uh, or like, try to focus less on the results itself, the numbers itself. They, um, they are like, I don't know not that important to me right now I just try to do the sport and focus on the sport that I love and I try to go out there and have fun and obviously give my best and we'll see what my best is and I'm just excited to to just like compete again represent Nevada and um, do what I love We'll give it your best effort out there next month. We'll be watching you as you compete and the rest of the team. Nicola Adair, thanks for joining us today on NSN Daily. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, and you can learn more about the Reno Burrito Project. You said on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, just head on over and all of that will be there for you. Thanks for joining the show. And we'll have more on NSN Daily right after this. This segment is sponsored by Bradley, Drendel, and Janae. Welcome back to NSN Daily. It is Thursday. That means bet or no bet. And it's brought to you by Bradley, Drindle, and Janae. I got to give Joe Bradley a chance to come on the show because Joe, you may not know, is a very educated sports fan here in Northern Nevada, dedicated Wolfpack fan. Joe, welcome to the show. How you been? Well, I've been great. Thank you, Brian. It's really, uh, it's really a pleasure to be on the show. I, I enjoy it every time you put me on. You know, uh, we're going to dive right in, Joe. Bet or no bet. Uh, let's go Super Bowl. I mean, you've got 
the goat versus mini goats. You've got Mahomes versus Brady. Um, the line, as I've seen, is Chiefs only by three, unless that moved this morning. I haven't checked it this morning. And Chris and I are both like, I might throw the mortgage at the Chiefs. Better no bet. Who you got in this game? You know, that's a really good question. The, the, the thing that you the, – the X factor that you have to really look at is how do you bet against Tom Brady, you know? I mean, that that is just it, – it's, it's professional betting suicide to bet against Tom Brady. But I agree with you. I think that is a low line. I think that Mahomes is just a super skilled player. You've got Andy Reid coaching him, and to – I just don't see how you in good conscience can bet against that duo. Chris, I mean, you can't argue with that, right? I mean, come on. I haven't put the mortgage on it, but I actually did bet. I bet like once a year, usually only for the Super Bowl, and I did put uh, some money on the Chiefs. Uh, probably dumb, as Joe points out, uh, betting against Tom Brady doesn't typically work out, but it just seems it's such an enticing line that I just feel like the Chiefs are going to win by more than the field goal, but uh, history has proven otherwise. I mean, even when Tom Brady has lost Super Bowls, they've been really, really close games, so we'll see, but I, I did put some skin on this one. All right, I, all right. I, I won't ask how much, because I know you're a frugal father, you're raising a family. Is it two figures or three figures? It's right on the brink, actually. So I had $90 in my Venmo account from something. So I just sent it to my brother because uh, he has the William Hill app. And I'm like, just put 90 on uh, the Chiefs for me. So uh, it, it's right. It's not, it's not that anything that's going to make me uncomfortable. I probably should just put it on the coin flip. That's a that's a better betting uh, situation. But uh, yeah, I went Chiefs for for 90. Uh, Joe, uh, let me, I'm going to hit you with the second one, Joe. The Niners have a big, big decision to make this offseason. Do you stick with Jimmy G? at quarterback do you trade up and go for a quarterback a lot of people in San Francisco are already uh, basically photoshopping Zach Wilson of BYU in his the San Francisco's next starting quarterback or do you go after a guy like Matt Stafford uh where where do you come down with there what do you think San Francisco ought to do a quarterback to be perfectly honest with you I think Jimmy G is gone he's damaged goods I think that the 49ers have uh you know played him out frankly uh I don't think that Zach Wilson is going to be available to the 49ers. I think that he'll be gone before the 49ers get a run at him. Um, I've looked at some of the rumors. I think, you know, Matt Stafford, if he comes available, he's a, he's a five-star pick. I've even heard noise about Aaron Rodgers that he's disgruntled in green Bay and could be a, a target for the 49ers. But I think Kyle Shanahan being the kind of, uh, the, the, the progressive coach that he is, he's going to look for a, marquee quarterback that can take the uh take the Niners and advance advance them he's not going to go backwards Chris where do you think this happens I mean this is all speculation and I mean so much would have to happen for the Aaron Rodgers thing to happen uh, where do you think this ends up ends up really happening right now I'm going to bet on bringing in a new quarterback whether it is Matthew Stafford for a first round draft pick whether it is Aaron Rodgers or uh, Deshaun um, Watkins which is probably two first round or Watson which is probably two first round draft picks or whether it is trying to move up in the draft and getting one of those premier guys whether it's Justin Fields or Zach Wilson you're not going to be able to get Trevor Lawrence but yeah I agree with Joe that Jimmy Garoppolo's time uh, with 49ers should be done as a starting quarterback and they should look to improve that position 
Uh, I'm not sure exactly where you would go. I would go with Aaron Rodgers. I feel like your window is still pretty open as long as your defenders come back healthy. I think he's the best option to win a Super Bowl in the next couple of years with the fallback kind of being Matthew Stafford. But um, yeah, I don't think the 49ers are going to sit tight and just say, you know, we'll, we'll trust that Jimmy G is going to be healthy, which he hasn't been this year, and that he'll be good enough to win a Super Bowl, which he wasn't in last year's Super Bowl. So I, I, I see changes coming for the 49ers for sure. I agree. I, I don't think that we've seen, uh, I don't think we will see Jimmy Garoppolo in a Niners uniform. Uh, again, but then again, you know, it's, it's COVID 20, 2021, 20, 22, 25, whatever. And who knows anything can happen. Uh, Joe, did you, did you get in the, the Bradley fighting vehicle to get down the hill to uh, your offices there at uh, Lakeside and McCarran? Uh, you, I have to bust your chops a little bit here, man. It sounds like you've been having to hunker down without satellite because there's so much snow on the roof. That's absolutely right. My satellite dish, it's supposed to be heated. I don't know what the problem is, but I have no, I have no feed. So and uh, I'm not about to climb up on my roof and try and test that out. So I got to wait for the, the heater to kick in or, or, or melt, one of the two. So, Joe, yeah, that's been a bit of a challenge. I'm not happy about that. But, you know, one other thing about Aaron Rodgers, don't forget, he's a Butte College guy, too, you know, and a Cal guy. And uh, he's, a, he's a, got a strong connection to uh, Northern California. I could see that happening. I'd like to see that happen. That would be intriguing if you had a Hall of Famer like Aaron Rodgers. Suddenly, maybe he's got some weapons and he's got a defense. If the Niners have all those pieces come back and you add an Aaron Rodgers, yeah, you look out. That could be that could be a dangerous thing. Uh, Joe, be safe, man. Stay safe, stay warm, and uh, we appreciate the time. Thanks very much. Hey, thanks for having me on. It's great to be with you guys. I'm looking forward looking forward to a golf game too. I want to do it, man. I want to do it. We'd have to play with a bright orange golf ball if we're going to do it today, but. Uh, I'm not, I'm not up for that, but uh, yeah, I hope I'm hoping for, I'm hoping for a COVID free and a golf springtime. We'll, we'll do to... it. Hey, take care you guys. Thanks for everything. Great Thanks. show. Take care. Uh, we'll have much more coming up on NSN daily right after this. Great big thanks to James Butler. Kicking it with JB. Check out the podcast. You can find it on uh, on YouTube. Uh, Real City Todd Dreamer. Appreciate him. We're going to have the, the prop bets for you next week. And Nicola Adair, who's an incredible track athlete for the University of Nevada and doing great things in our community. For Shannon Kelly, I'm Brian Smitty. Anthony Resnick, who's our backbone behind the scenes. Have a great day. We'll see you next time.